0: Thanks for checking out sermons from Pleasant Valley Community Church. We hope these messages encourage, convict, and inspire you to love and follow Jesus more faithfully as we seek to saturate our city with the hope of the gospel. Our online resources are meant to serve you, but they aren't a replacement for the face-to-face relationships that we were built for. So we really hope that if you're in Owensboro, you'll join us in person on a Sunday morning. And if you live elsewhere, you'll find a local church in your community where you can put down roots and find family. For more resources and to give financially to support the missions and ministries of Pleasant Valley, find us on social media or visit our website at www.pleasantvalley.cc.
1: Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. You can be seated. As we were singing... um, I just felt like the Spirit wanted me to stand before you and say, um, some of you, as we were singing this morning, you look around and you see people with their arms extended and you see their joy and their smiles and you're just like, I'm just not there right now. And I don't know who you are, but I feel like the Lord wants you to know that he sees you and it's okay. Sometimes the weight and the burden of life and suffering and sorrow and tragedy is so heavy. It's like, I, I can't, I'd love to lift my hands, Jameis. That looks awesome. I could barely breathe, I feel like. And just the spirit... Of God wants you to know it's okay. And that in the presence of Jesus is the safest place in the world for you to fall apart. With Jesus, it's okay not to be okay. And you're like, I can't raise my hands, I can't open my mouth, but God is like, that's okay, just give me your heart. Even if it's in the silence he sees you, he loves you, and it's okay if you feel like you got nothing to give to God. He gave his son, and he's given us everything, and sometimes God just wants you to receive his grace and, and feel no obligation to have to give anything back in return. Just let God love you this morning, and minister to your heart, and just receive his love. Let's bow our heads, and if any of that connected for you, you're just in a dark place, you're sad, you're broken, you're scared, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're in physical pain, you've lost someone, Your marriage is spiraling out of control, your your child's going crazy, You just just feel like the whole thing's falling apart. And in the midst of lifted hands and joy, you, you feel alone and isolated, but the God of the universe sent me to say to you, he sees you. And if you're the only one in the room that's dying on the inside, he saw you and he sees you and he loves you, And he just wants you to know he's going to walk with you through this. He may not take the pain away. He may not take the suffering away. But he will walk with you through this valley of the shadow of death. And Christ was resurrected from the dead. And Christ is going to make all things new, if not in this life, in the life to come. And the day will come when you will be able to shout, and to sing again, and your broken bones will dance again one day. So persevere and hold on. Christ sees you. He's not forgotten about you. You're drowning in your tears, but Christ is the life preserver, and he's throwing himself around you and just lay down in the arms of Christ and sleep in him and let Christ through the Holy Spirit who is the comforter comfort you I know this may sound awkward for some but God is a person God has affections God feels God holds God Christ weeps God can hold you and comfort you. He's a father. His lap is big. He's safe. Just rest in him. Cry on his big shoulders. Just sit with him for a minute. Just Let him love you. So I have every head bowed, every eye closed. And this is, uh, we did something totally different in the first service. We're doing something totally different now. It is, I feel like the Lord has two different things for these two different services. And uh, so, you're like, Jameis, that struck a chord. You're talking to me. Would you be so bold and courageous if you're just suffering right now, whether it's physical or spiritual or mental or emotional, would would you just slip up your hand? You're so bold as to say, I'm struggling. And Would you keep your hand up? I'm not going to make you stand up and give a speech. I promise I'm not going to embarrass you, but just keep that hand up and If you're okay with someone praying for you, keep your hand up. And everyone else, is kind of open your eyes and look to your left and right. And if there's someone beside you in front of you whose hand is up, would you just place a hand on their shoulder? If you're not comfortable with that, you could just put your hand down. That's okay. We're not gonna make anybody out of your comfort zone, but I just feel like God wants us to pray for one another. And so... You need prayer still to slip your hand up and someone in front, behind, or left or right, place a hand on their shoulder, kind of glance around the room, make sure no one whose hand is up is going unnoticed. Maybe somebody's sitting by themselves in a corner. So body of Christ, be ministers in this moment. Look around. And maybe there's someone beside you and their hand's not up, but You just know you're supposed to pray for them. Maybe it's your spouse and they're struggling, and you just know it. Men, maybe it's your wife and you know she's struggling and you've not prayed with her, and you know you need to, and now is the time to do that. So, just body of Christ, take a moment and be the body, minister to one another, pray for one another. Father, hear our feeble prayers. Lord, as we sing, we don't have much to give. What is fit for a king? So, Lord, we we give you our little prayers and our hearts and our brokenness and our tears. God, I pray that every soul in this room that is struggling would feel the tangible love of Christ, whether that's through a hand on their shoulder as a part of the body of Christ in a real sense, that's Christ reaching out to them through his body or through the spirit or just through knowing the objective truth that, God, you love them. Lord, whatever way you would would you allow your children to sense your presence and your nearness? And Lord, that those that don't know you and they're lost in their sin and they don't, they're not tasted of the love of God. It's a foreign idea. And God, supernaturally show them Christ. Christ who died for sinners and was resurrected from the dead and says, Turn from your sins, believe in me, and be saved. Forgiveness is free for anyone who confesses Jesus Christ is Lord. And God has raised him from the dead. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God, raise up dead dry bones by the Spirit and bring salvation. Grant the new birth save souls through the power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the friend of sinners. In whose name we pray, amen. I had a sermon that I was supposed to preach. Instead, I wanna read you one passage of scripture and you're going to hear testimonies of the gospel. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, the Spirit of the Lord says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? And then in verse 3 and 4, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with Jesus by his baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Paul says if we are in Christ, as surely as Jesus was raised from the dead, we have been raised from the dead spiritually, which means if you're in Christ, the old you is dead in a spiritual unfathomable kind of way, 2,000 years ago, the Bible teaches when Christ died on the cross, in a real sense, all of those who would be his children died with him. You've been crucified with Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. If you're in Christ, some of us were raised with Faulty theology with good intentions, but it said this. If you're a Christian, you're just an old, dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace, and you're kind of pitiful and pathetic, and you just better hope you can do enough penance to keep God in good standard with you, and you're just, you're a mess, and you're a wreck, and you're a wretch, and you're just, no, in Christ, you're not just an old, dirty, rotten sinner. You're a new creature You've been made new. You're righteous. You're blameless. You're chosen. You're precious. God's smiling upon you. You're, you're in Christ. You're new. It says 2009, one of the ministries that proclaims the newness of Christ more than anything I can think of is Friends of Sinners Ministries. This 2009, for 14 plus years, God has used Friends of Sinners to see countless lives of men and women resurrected and made new. And one of the greatest joys of this church since the inception of FOS is to stand alongside and partner with this amazing ministry. If you're here and you're part of the FOS community in any form or fashion, One of the greatest joys I have as a pastor is when I walk up here most Sundays to look out across this body and see the men and women and families of us. It makes my heart really happy. This church body loves you. And I can't imagine this church without you here. So this whole service is dedicated to glorifying God for what he's doing through Friends of Sinners. So this morning, you're going to hear testimonies of what the gospel does. And the first to share is Pastor Dave Cox, who needs no introduction. Pastor Dave is one of the pastors here at Pleasant Valley. He's also the ministry director at FOS. One of the most kind things Jesus ever did for this church was bring David and his family here. So brothers share with us as God leads with you.
2: Thank you thank you Pastor Jameis. Appreciate it very much. Um, let me put up that first uh, picture. Yeah. So that was the old me that died. That that guy right there no longer exists. Um It was February 20th of 2010, and my life had been spiraling out of control for several years, and uh, this is where the Lord brought it to an end. Um, I was facing life in prison for the second time on this day, but on that day that I got arrested was the same day that I got rescued by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On 9th ninth, ninth Street, at the police department in a holding cell, I called on the name of the Lord and he saved me. My life hasn't been the same since. Um, Next slide. Art Magliener just happened to be the police officer that drove me from the police department to the detention center. What I think is super cool about that is that God brings things full circle, and now he is the jailer at the jail where I do jail ministry. So I think that's That's pretty, pretty cool. Um, There's a misconception in the world that only people who were brought up in a home that was prevalent with drugs and alcohol, they're the ones that end up becoming addicts. The junkies on the street and the homeless people are the ones that are addicts, but my story, there are several stories that are like that, and those stories are powerful also. My story is not like that. I grew up in a pretty normal home where mom and dad didn't do drugs. Dad very, very rarely drank alcohol, and um, my life was normal. In high school, I was Very popular. I took all advanced placement classes. Um, Found out early on in high school that I had a gift of being supernaturally strong. And um, because of that gift and my dream to play in the NFL, I pursued uh, college football. I went on to Murray State. My senior year at Murray, I was voted as the team captain and I made two different All-American teams. After that, I tried out for the pros for about a year and a half, and when that didn't work out, I ended up pursuing my education. Uh, I have a BS in mathematics with a minor in physics, a teaching certification, so I went to Clarksville, Tennessee, and started teaching math and coaching football, track, and wrestling. Let me step back just a a little bit and go back to high school. The first time that I was introduced to alcohol and drugs was when I was in high school, uh, about 13 years old, and it was just to fit in. That's the only reason I did it, peer pressure and to fit in. So I say that to say if there's any of you all out there that haven't tried drugs and alcohol, please don't because I never knew when I did that, when I was that age, that it would be something that would eventually destroy my life. So when, when I pursued my teaching career, I also got married to a lady that I had met in college. And uh, shortly after that, I got inducted into the Wall of Fame at Apollo High School. That was in 1996. Shortly after that, her dad got sick with cancer, and she moved home to be with him for the remainder of his life. And it's really hard for me to tell you this, because, um, but I started drinking and drugging again while she was away, and then eventually I cheated on her, and she left, And the shame and the remorse and the guilt was so bad that it just took my addiction and spiraled my life out of control. That's what I turned to, was more alcohol and more drugs. Basically, my first year of teaching, I won what they call the Green Apple Award for the best new teacher in our school. I went from that to having to use all the way to school so that I could function to lunchtime where I would leave school and go use some more so that I could make it until my planning period so that I could go leave the school and use some more. It got so bad that I actually used once in my coach's office. I was completely a slave to the addiction. I was the head coach of the high school football team there. We were going to the playoffs every year. I went from that to losing my job and burning my house down as a direct result of my addiction. I moved back to Owensboro. Within a year and a half, I was facing life in prison for the first time. I went to prison. I did everything they asked me to do. I took all of the programs that they asked me to take so that I could make parole the first time that I went up for parole. And I did that in 2006. In 2007, I met the love of my life, Joyce, and uh, we were one big happy family. Joyce is right here in the second, second row. Um uh, she, uh, we were one big happy family. And uh, so after, when she got pregnant with Haley, I started using, and I was hiding it from her. And I hid it from her for years. For about three years, the last year I was actually peeing blood. And that's when the Lord grabbed a hold of me and said, it's time to start living for me. That brings us back to the salvation experience that I just shared with you. Once I got saved in the police department and Art took me to the detention center, that's where I began my walk with the Lord. For the first year of walking with Jesus Christ was in the Davis County Detention Center about a mile away. Um, Well, when I was in there, I met a guy named Roger Chilton, and he was the executive director of Friends of Sinners at the time, and he had shared his testimony at a residence Encounter Christ retreat there that we had in the jail. At this time, I was doing Bible studies, I was going to church services, I was doing accountability groups, I was going to classes, anything that had to do with Jesus Christ, I wanted in. I wanted to know more about this Jesus that was my Savior. Well, I'd also been taught that we are supposed to, as men, be the spiritual leaders of our household. So my, my plan was to go to a faith-based program in Georgetown, Kentucky, actually in Lexington, Kentucky. My kids and Joyce were in Georgetown, Kentucky. So I thought if I go to a, a faith-based program close, then I can still lead my kids spiritually from the program, right? Well, God kept shutting those doors and, and Roger and I committed to prayer one night, Lord, do you want me to go to Friends of Sinners? And I had three devotional books that I read from every single day. I would normally get up in the morning when breakfast came, I, I would eat breakfast, and then after everybody else went to sleep, I would stay up. But this morning, it was about 3.30 in the morning, and the Holy Spirit woke me up, would not let me go back to sleep. So after wrestling with the Holy Spirit for a little while, that's a that's a no win situation, by the way. Uh, I actually got up and I got out my books. I got out my devotional books and knowing that I had prayed this prayer, but I wasn't really thinking about it. But the first the first scripture in my first devotion book that I read. Remember I told you that the Lord was sending me people. I was doing Bible studies and he was sending me people and I was loving on them. I was sharing my testimony with them. I was uh, sharing Jesus with them. This was my first verse. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother. For your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. I was like, that's weird. I've, God's been sending me people and I've been praying with them and I've been loving on them. It says, that is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it's the right thing to do. So at this point, I'm like, hmm, that seems like that answered my question. I was like, okay, well, maybe this is just a coincidence. So my next question for the Lord as I was praying through was, Lord, I've got a really serious situation with my charges. How's that going to work out? And my next devotion, I open up and the scripture says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. By this time, every hair on my body is standing up on its end, and Jesus is right in that cell with me, and I knew it. So I said, Lord, you've been teaching me that I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader for my kids, so How is that going to work out? And I get out my third devotion book, and this is the scripture for it. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or land, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. I knew right then that I was supposed to go to friends of sinners. So, cool thing about that is the last thing that I surrendered to the Lord Three weeks after I got to Friends of Sinners, Joyce, we weren't married then, but she, the Lord spoke to her and told her that she's supposed to move the kids to Owensboro so that the kids can be a part of my life. So three weeks after I got to Friends of Sinners, Joyce moves the kids to Owensboro for me to be a part of their life, and, and that was amazing. So I was a client at Friends of Sinners for four years. That's just the way God made my situation work out. It was exactly what I needed. About three years into being at Friends of Sinners, because of the severity of my charges, I had to go back into jail and prison. But God made it very, very clear to me, Dave, this is not for punishment. This is for mission See people are people can go. they have the choices to go to um, Czech Republic and um, Haiti and all these different places, but that's not one of the choices, but God had prepared me for three years in Friends of sinners by building up support group by by being strong in the Bible, by loving on people through Christ. and he was going to send me not just to do a tent revival with these people, but to actually live with them and show them what it really truly like looks like to follow Jesus Christ, 24-7, 365. So that's what I did. One of the cool things about the way that this, this body of believers here supports Friends of Sinners and the men and women in it is I I got an intercom. They came on the intercom on, it was either Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day, and I can't remember which one it was. The Brad could probably tell us. But I got a. Uh, they came over the intercom and said, "Dave Cox, you've got a you've got an attorney visit." And I was thinking, what attorney comes to jail on a holiday? And we I come out of the cell and go to this little room, and I open the door and. Brad Rhodes is sitting there, and he said, we we hugged, we hugged harder than we'd ever hugged, and we probably cried, and he said, the Lord just laid you on my heart, and I wanted to come and tell you that I love you. His family is out in the van waiting to go to the relative's house, and he just wanted to stop by and tell me that he loved me. That's the kind of support Friends of Sinners Ministry has from Pleasant Valley. So my family has been restored. Uh, After I got out of jail and prison from my mission trip, the Lord, that's the only way that it would have happened to you all, the Lord turned Joyce's heart back towards me because what all I did, I didn't deserve that at all. But he led us both back together. We ended up getting married right after I got out, uh, about a year later, and now we get to raise our two teenage kids and our two dogs in a house. That's uh, we need prayer, and uh, it is a uh, it's definitely been sanctifying to say the least. I'll be 52 years old this this July, and I never would have expected to have teenagers. Uh, At 52, it's not a good combination. Um, 21, uh, in 2021, Pastor Andy, Pastor John, and myself all got ordained right in the middle of COVID. That was a treat. It was almost 10 years to the day that I walked through those double doors for the first time back there, and I knew I was right where I was supposed to be almost 10 years to the day, I got ordained as a lay pastor, pastor of recovery, recovery pastor. Little did I know, but the same year, God was gonna call me and my family out of construction into full-time ministry and being a part of the Pleasant Valley Community Church staff was a part of him pulling me out of that instruction and into full-time ministry. So I am the recovery pastor and the site pastor here at PVCC. So I'm the pastor that's over the entire 30,000 square foot building and getting ready to add about 18,000 more onto it. Um, so I have a good team that God has brought to me that helps me to keep the, the, the building maintenance. So, um, You uh, ladies and guys want to start making your way up? So today, uh, we are here to honor what God's doing at Friends of Sinners. And in order to do that, I want you to hear testimonies of some of the men and women that are in Friends of Sinners right now. We are hoping that if there's somebody out there who has lost all hope maybe there's a family member that may be have, may have been struggling with addiction for a long long time well we don't want you to give up hope most of us used to be dope dealers but today we are hope dealers
3: Um, Hello, my name is Angel. Um, I'm from Louisiana, and I grew up in a family where drug use and physical abuse was normal. I lost a kidney when I was three, uh, raped at age 12, and shot when I was 14, which was the beginning of my opiate addiction. I had very low self-esteem and no self-worth. I stayed in physically abusive relationships, I've been in and out of jails, prison, and other rehabs. I've overdosed, and at times I no longer wanted to live. I have five children that I didn't raise. Because addiction totally consumed me. I felt hopeless and like a failure. You see, I had very little uh, religious upbringing. I believed in God. But I didn't know his truths about me or his promises for me. I only called on him when I was scared or hurt. So last year, uh, when I was at my lowest, I was actually at my son's house. um, And I did the only thing I knew to do. I cried out to God for help. I literally raised a hallelujah, and heaven came to fight for me. Psalms 107, 13, and 14 says, They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from distress. He brought them out of the darkness, the utter darkness, and broke their chains. On May 16th, God made a way for me to go to friends of sinners, and they are teaching me through God's word what the world didn't. I surrender daily and put my trust in God today, and he has made me a new creation. I now have eight months clean and sober. God has restored my relationship with my children, and two of them are here right now. I have hope. I know my worth, and I know whose I am. Ephesians 5.8 says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. I no longer live in darkness. I live so that his light may shine through me and lead others to Christ. Thank you.
4: Hey guys. I'm, my name is David. I'm from Slaughter's. I'm not going to talk much about my past. Everybody knows, you know, I'm a wretched sinner saved by grace. In 2021, I was arrested for the first time in my life. I weighed 131 pounds when I was arrested. And I was sitting down for a while and was sent to another program. I went through the program, I had a good time. I come home, I got a good job working Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and lost my connection with God and started running from Him again. In November of last year, I was arrested again And after I got arrested, I I spent a couple months in jail, power of prayer, and being able to go to church in jail, where the pastor that I knew actually went out to his car and got me a Bible so I could start reading. That first night when I started reading, it was, God was touching me, and I got down on my knees and asked for forgiveness. January 11th of this year, I was welcomed into Friends of Sinners, and the Brotherhood, this place and the spirit being in this place like it is is just amazing I've never felt more welcome in my life and thanks for the power of prayer from my aunts I was able to get my touch back with God and continue to grow thank you
5: my name is Courtney I'm from Calhoun Kentucky my mom had me when she was 14 and I was born into madness and chaos Drugs, parties, and violence was part of everyday life. Growing up, I bounced from family member to family member as a child. This left me feeling unloved and unworthy. By the time I was 13, I was doing anything that would numb the echoing pain and loneliness inside of me. I had my son when I was 19 and two daughters shortly after. I finally had something in my life that brought me true happiness and filled my heart with love. I stayed clean for a while but ended up falling back into my addiction trying to escape an abusive relationship with her dad. I ended up in jail and rehab, but nothing seemed to help me. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then God reached out and pulled me out of the darkness and placed me at friends of sinners. I am learning through biblical truths that I am loved, worthy, and forgiven. Today I have 15 months clean and sober. I have a full-time job. I have custody of my kids back. And in two weeks, I'll be moving into my own apartment. None of this would have been possible without Friends of Sinners and God's love, grace, and mercy.
6: How's everybody doing? Yeah, it's a little nervous now, second like time around. Uh, my name is Marcus Fitzgerald. I'm from Evansville, Indiana, I'm born and raised. I grew up in a household of seven boys, one girl. I was adopted by my mom, my mom's sister, because of her addiction and her drugs. Excuse me, I can't see. Uh, So growing up was kind of strict in our household and at an early age I was always against strict rules, but I'm in recovery now because of my addictions and adolescence behaviors. Having my heart changed because of losing my father and my grandfather, I started using meth just to cope with the pain and hurts. It came with the loss. It came with the losses I have just experienced, but it didn't do much good. It didn't do much good, but birthed into my generation, curse I grew up being protected from, and birthed into an addiction that I would later have and fight demons to overcome. My addiction became worse when I started to catch charges that would lead me back to jail for nine months. One of the best things I, one of the best things that's transpired in my life at the moment was going to jail, getting sober, and have a heart change for my addictions and behaviors. While I was in jail, I lean towards bettering myself, reevaluating my life. It wasn't until I got to Friends and Sinners that would lead me to have a better outlook on life. Through the relationship that I have in Christ since being here, uh, at the Friends and Sinners I had the same fight as if I would have in jail or homeless out on the streets, but with my life being Christ-centered, it has changed many things in my life. remove me from the strongholds of my addiction and behaviors. Uh, It's more easier to embrace and reevaluate all of the strongholds I allow to birth into my addiction and behaviors. And the best thing is I'm able to do it with peace in my heart, with Christ in my heart. I'm very grateful God's grace to be able to be where I'm at, and follow through it, reevaluating my life, and continue in my life, journey in Christ, and with the Fellowship of Friends and Sinners Faith-Based Recovery Program. Thank you.
7: My name is Tabitha Henderson. I'm a firm following believer in Jesus Christ. I'm 36 years old. I was born in Owensboro, Kentucky. I came from a broken home. My dad was in and out of jail due to domestic violence and child support. Um, my dad was an alcoholic, and my mom was addicted to drugs. I had three children after their birth. Use after their birth, drug use started to become to become an everyday norm. I got my first drug charge in 2019 and that still didn't stop me. I kept letting Satan in and believed his lies. After years of letting the enemy in, on August 8th of 2022, I finally cried out to God for help, and he gave me this scripture verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future. That morning, I went to FOS, and nothing but God that I was accepted that day. I'm now five months clean and sober. I'm very grateful for FOS and for what God continues to do in my life. The Lord did for me what I could have never done for myself. He loved me enough to transform my life. He enabled me to choose not to be held hostage to my feelings, but instead to live by faith. I'm now a manager at my job. I'm very grateful that I have a wonderful foster family raising my kids. They are very supportive of my walk with God and the reunification of my family. And they're here today with my kids.
8: Good morning guys. My name is Zachary Coots. I'm 27. I was born in Chevyville, Tennessee to uh, my biological mother and father. I was raised in a broken home who did not believe in Jesus, who didn't know Jesus. So they was lost. So that means I was lost. I didn't know that God was working in my life because he took me out of that home and placed me in foster care. I bounced them home to home for two years until I was adopted by my aunt and uncle. They gave me love, care, and compassion that I never knew. I didn't know how to accept it. I went from living in a home that didn't have no food. You had to wear the same clothes every day to a house where when you opened up the food, you had anything you wanted. And uh, I excelled in my new environment in school, sports, to try to get attention to my parents. They gave it in a in a way kind of like a tough love, because they knew that I was raised in a tough environment, so that was the only way to get through to me. My dad instilled in me a strong work ethic, but uh, it taught me how to be a great provider. But he never taught me how to show my emotions or to really uh, be like, deal with my emotions physically. So uh, that affected me in my relationship with my spouse when I met her in uh, 2019. In 2020, we had our first son. He was uh, seven pounds, 15 ounces, 21 and a half inches long. He was a beautiful thing. I prayed for him for years and God blessed me with him. But uh, I started working a lot. Like I said, I was taught to be a great provider, but I was not taught to be a father or a spouse. So me working a lot pushed my spouse away from me. I slowly didn't recognize that. My drinking got heavy. And uh, as a kid, I grew up watching my father beat my mother unconscious almost every day. And I vowed to myself to never put my hands on a woman. But one day, I was drinking, and I messed up, and I struck my spouse. The shame, guilt, and remorse that I felt that day caused me to run from her. Even though she was begging and pleading me to stay, and tears in her eyes, I still couldn't because uh, the disgust I felt for myself was too great. So I left and I jumped deep into methamphetamine because that made me feel numb. I stayed in that for a little over a year. I sought help on my own because my family did not know how to deal with addiction. So they, taught, they told me I was a man, I had to figure it out. So I sought help, I came to Friends of Sinners. And I thought the day that my, God gave me my son was the best day. But I think the day that I hit my knees and I fully surrendered to him was the greatest day of my life. I just couldn't thank FOS enough, man. They gave me a family that I've always wanted. I got tons of brothers that I can turn to. I got staff members who not only know how I feel, but they've been through the things I've been through. So they can lead me and guide me to be a better man. And I'm glad to be stand here today in front of y'all to say I am a better man.
9: My name is Kelsey. I'm 29 years old, and it's only by the grace of God that I'm even standing here today. So I give all the praise, honor, and glory to him. Growing up, I had a great childhood, but by the time I hit high school, I felt this void in my heart. I tried filling it with drugs, men, and I even had an eating disorder. Over the years, my addiction got worse, and that void just kept growing. I now have three beautiful babies, but I kept choosing drugs over them. I tried rehab after rehab, but nothing worked. One day, I remember crying out to God from the bottom of my soul. I said, either take me or do something because I can't live like this anymore. Two weeks later, my whole world was turned upside down, and I lost everything I loved. I was mad at God because I couldn't understand why he would do this when my life was already a mess. I came back to Friends of Sinners for the second time. After a month, I got a call saying that I had to go back to jail for three months. I wanted to run, but I knew I needed to be still and trust God. 1 Peter 5.10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory... In Christ, after you have suffered a little while, he himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. That's exactly what he's done for me. With God and the love and support of my sisters and my family, I got through it and walked out of jail a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Psalms forty one through two says, I waited patiently on the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He picked me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet up on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Friends of sinners is that firm place for me. God knew I needed to go through the suffering to open my eyes and to make him number one in my life. I'm grateful for my struggles because, because God is now using them for good. He has restored me with my kids and he has filled that void in my heart with his love and joy. Matthew 17 20 says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain move and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you.
10: What's up, everybody? Uh, My name is Brady Hill, and I am a spirit filled, demon slaying, giant killing, mountain moving son of the most high God. Come on. And uh, the devil does not want me up here right now. Because, uh, you know, I used to be his Uh, he had me in his grips for a long time And uh, I was an instrument, you know for destruction. I did a lot of chaos a lot of bad things Y'all don't really need to know the details Um, You know how the world is it's hard out there There's a lot of evil a lot of bad and I was part of it But then God came along He reached down his hand. He pulled me up Now I wake up in the morning. The devil says oh, no You know what I'm saying? And uh, I just I just praise him so much for uh, I'm i you know I'm a living testimony of his grace and mercy because you know I I was nothing I was broken full of an- anxiety depression fear uh, loneliness um, I had nothing I ended up in my room alone with uh, with nobody no job uh, my family had turned their back on me um, you know I had nothing I was broken and I was just trying to kill myself like I was just in constant pain and misery and I was just always trying to fill this void with uh, the wrong things And then the Holy Spirit comes through and that's the secret right there I got the cheat code to life and that's Jesus Christ and uh, You know, I'm just forever grateful for him And uh, I know that as long as I keep putting him first and seek what he wants for me because I know he wants more for me than I want for myself and, like, I don't live to please the world no more. I don't please to live anybody. It's, it's the Lord. And ever since I decided to do that, my life's been going up. And uh, I just love Him. And I just want anybody in here to know that if you're going through anything, you're broken, you're alone, fear, and you just feel like giving up, you're at the end of the rope, there is hope. And His name's Jesus Christ. Thank you.
11: Hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm an addict. I struggle with addiction, myself, codependency, depression, anxiety, self-worth, and shame and guilt, along with other things. I was lost, broken, hopeless, restless, weary, angry, and tormented, and the weight of my burdens have become impossible to carry. I was arrested in 2022 in April on 11 felony charges, trafficking methamphetamine being one of those. I lost custody of my five children that day, and I thought my life was over. But God, you move us to delight in praising you, for you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. I no longer let my past define me. I stand before you today, a new creation, in Christ Jesus. The old me is gone. Satan no longer has a hold on me. I know who I am because Jesus says I am. I am Ashley, a child of God. I am a firm follower and believer in Jesus Christ. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am saved by his amazing grace through faith with mercy. I am washed by the so-cleansing blood of the Lamb. I am free, forgiven, and redeemed. I am royalty, as I am a daughter of the Most High King and an heir to all His glory. I serve Him because He is my Savior, good, faithful, and kind. His bond is love, His yoke is easy, His burden is light, His will is unchanging, and His goal for us is abundant life. Today I stand before you nine months sober. I am a mom, a daughter, and a sister. I give all my thanks to Jesus Christ, who gives me strength to persevere every day. My mother in the audience today. For the many prayers she faithfully prayed for me at an altar of an old country church. My kids, who are also here today. For always believing in me and praying for me also. And FOS, for always leading me in the right direction.
12: Man, I feel double blessed to get up here and say this today. Whoa!
7: Um,
12: Anyway, Dave Cox, I wanted to share with you your hair looks way better than it did when we was in s l together. <laughs> you know what I mean? all right, um, man, I was way nervous the first time, but definitely not nervous this time, a little bit maybe just a little bit. All right, um, I written this down, and um this is the way uh, God you know exactly the way he wanted me to write it. This is God's story, and um, I'm gonna tell it. Um, I'm Stephen Brad Mattingly, and I don't have my identity today. I'm 42 years old. I was born on February the 2nd of 1980. I came to Friends of Sinners. Um, Hold on, let me start over. I came to Friends of Sinners when I first got there, not even 24 hours in, and I'm already receiving confirmation after confirmation. I really didn't understand what was happening at the time, but I definitely knew something was going on. About three weeks there, the devil started to slowly creep back in. And for about three or four days, the devil started selling me one of the biggest lies I was ever told. He started telling me I couldn't and wouldn't ever be able to change. So for days, I walked around telling people, I don't know if I know how to change. But shortly after that, all things changed on January 12, 2003, 2023. I'm sorry. Um, I, was, I was standing in service, and there was about three or four songs that was played in a row. I say 18 minutes because that's how long God said we spoke that night. I didn't hear any of the songs that was played. My hands came out in front of me with my palms up and my head down. Right then and there, I opened my heart and cried out to Jesus. I asked for him to change my heart and just give me peace. And for once in my life, all I heard was God say, just be still and know I'm God. For once, I truly believed, and right then and there, in an instant, I felt peace come over me. And he gave me a new heart. And on that day of January 12, 2023, the old Brad died to cell, and the new Brad was born again. Today, I can only stand here as a true miracle and tell you what he has done for me since January 12, 2023. Because tell you the truth, I can't even hardly even remember my past. Because of that day, January the 12th, God washed it away from me to never be spoken of again. Because he doesn't doesn't want that, and only allows me to talk about what is good, because that's all he wants me to see. And today, I know that he has truly changed my life and punched my ticket. And the past doesn't even matter because the rest is already written.
2: There are 11 miracles standing up here on this stage right now, miracles of God's grace. So let's give God another hand as these men and women go back to their seats. So, what is FOS? Our mission statement says that we are a Christ centered residential substance abuse recovery program focusing on the restoration and reconciliation of men and women to Christ through biblical truths, accountability, and life skills, transforming individuals into positive contributors to society. When people ask me what Friends of Sinners is, I tell them it is a discipleship ministry, a discipleship ministry that's based on truth, relationship, and accountability. We make disciples who make disciples. We carry out the great commission in Matthew. The truth obviously comes from the Word of God, the inerrant Word of God. The relationships come first and foremost with the men and women that are in Friends of Sinners building a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we also establish relationships between them and us as staff, and they build relationships with, you, with each other, that they will hopefully carry on the rest of their life because we can't do this fight against the enemy alone. When you get out by yourself, that's when the enemy's coming. And then the accountability obviously is their individual accountability to God, but also accountability to one another and accountability to us as staff. So that's that is what Friends of Sinners is. We are a discipleship program, disciples making disciples. Um, right now, what I want to do is recognize anybody out here in the crowd if you have ever, if you have been a, if you have ever been a staff member, former staff, board member, alumni the FOS Letter Ministry, a teacher, a discipler, or a financial supporter. Would you please stand up? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. We need more people to stand up. We don't, we don't take insurance. We have to run the program on fundraisers, monthly donors, donations. But what we need more than anything is prayer. If the Holy Spirit has moved in your heart today, and you want to get involved with Friends of Sinners, even if it's just prayer. We have a table set up in the back lobby and one in the front lobby. Jordan Wilson is our development director, and he is out here in the in the front lobby. He wants you to sign up. Even if it's just to pray, sign up so we can get you on our list, so we can send you stuff. Uh, we want your name, your address, your phone number. Um so see Jordan after the service is over, or see myself, or see one of the people that stood up just a while ago. We want to get you all involved. We want you to sign up. The most important thing, though, is for you all to pray. See, in my life, and my testimony, popularity in high school, and all the friends that I had, all that couldn't save me. My degree I got at Murray State couldn't save me. Going to prison twice didn't teach me a lesson. My family couldn't save me, but God did. God reached down, and he took out my heart of stone. He gave me a heart of flesh, and he put his spirit inside me. That's why I have been able to go almost 13 years without using any mind or mood altering chemical. Yeah. So Pastor Jameis is going to come back up and he's going to pray. I want all the clients, let's do this so just a little bit different this time, if you're capable, if you're able, I want the, the men and the women to get on this, to get on their knees down front everybody come on up and then once pastor Jameis gets finished praying over you everybody just, everybody stand up and stay where you're at so that we can sing a song over the entire FOS community okay i'm turning it over to pastor james thank you all so much for everything remember sign up sheets Back lobby, front lobby, if the Lord has touched your heart, please, please, please sign up. Amen.
1: Well, hey, here, uh, man, thanks, Pastor Dave. Here's what we want to do. We want to, as the family of God, gather around our brothers and sisters here and pray God's blessing on them and their families, many of whom are represented here today. So, every, uh, let's get men, we got all of our FOS brothers here. I want every man to have at least one hand on his shoulder. So brothers in Christ from the body, come on forward. And then ladies, I want a lady's hand on every one of these ladies. So ladies of God, come on forward. We want to express our love and care for this precious family through the church family of God. So, if you feel led, come on down. We wanna be an expression of the body of Christ to pray. And we just wanna say thank you to all of our guests that are here today. If you're a friend or family of the FOS community, we're just honored that you are here. We want you to feel the love of Jesus. We, we consider you to be part of this family. And so we're gonna pray God's blessing over you and your family and then as Pastor Dave said, when I say amen, if you would stay where you are, and even if some of the FOS family, you wanna come forward with your family member, you're welcome to do that. And, and we just want as the worship team sing God's blessing over you from Numbers chapter six. So stay here at the front if you would, and we want you to receive this blessing from God. Father, in Jesus' name, we, we come before you and Father, we just begin by saying thank you. Thank you, God, that you are slow to anger, but you are abounding in steadfast love and mercy. Lord, that grace flows from your heart. And Father, we thank you for every man and woman in the FOS community that is here today. Lord, that their life matters God, that you love them, that you knit them together in their mother's womb, that their life has dignity and value, and that, Father, you sent your son, Jesus, to die. And, Lord, I pray that as they feel a hand on their shoulder or on their head, that they would feel the the touch of Christ through the body of Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray over every man and woman that is kneeling here now, your blessing, your protection. Father, we pray against relapse. Lord, we pray against the enemy who would seek to steal, kill, and destroy. Lord, we pray against the darkness that would seek to overcome. Lord, we pray for perseverance and faith. Lord, we pray you would raise up godly men and women and mentors and disciples around these brothers and sisters, Lord, that they would never feel alone. Lord, even when they're out of the program, would you surround them with godly community? And Father, I pray for their their marriages, for their children, Lord, for some of them, grandchildren, your blessing, your protection. Father, if there's any kneeling here now who have a family situation that is broken and this not been restored. Lord Jesus, right now, would you begin to bring about reconciliation and healing? Lord, I pray if there's any bitterness that needs to go, that it would, in Jesus' name, you would set them free of that. God, just smile upon these men and women and bless them and lavish your love and your grace upon them. And may today they know and believe Jesus loves them So God, thank you for the joy. Thank you for this beautiful community of people. We love them and pray your blessing and protection. And now, Lord, as we sing this song of blessing, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would come and impress upon their hearts the deep, deep love of God and the grace of Christ in whose name we pray, amen. If you would stand. Pleasant Valley Church family, join us up here. Let's sing God's blessing from Numbers chapter six over these men and
0: women. Thanks for checking out sermons from Pleasant Valley Community Church. For more resources and to give financially to support the missions and ministries of Pleasant Valley, find us on social media or visit our website at www.pleasantvalley.cc.